The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 374 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Faz, joined as always by Mr. Plate himself, Mr. PL8, Nick Pollock. How you doing, Nick? What is happening? Yeah, we did it. We launched it. It was it was one of the smoothest launches we've had. And uh, the player pages are amazing. And PLV is out there. We shared you guys with you guys the app and the, the Google Sheet of data. And PL Pro is coming in two weeks. And... There was maybe one or two ranking articles that went out to something like that. Mm. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. There's a lot of content. We didn't <laughs> you, you, we didn't get to the podcast this morning. It was a little bit too much, but yes. that's okay because there's plenty of other content to hold you over. Right. The player pages look chef's kiss. The percentiles mm. are there. Everything yeah. looks beautiful. The PLV, as you mentioned, it's is mobile there. friendly now mobile friendly such beautiful words nick <laughs> nick wrote an article so big on the top 300 fantasy baseball starting pitchers that you can count it towards your goodreads profile you, you can, can count that actually, as a yeah the, i called them yeah up. i've got a person exactly it's amazing there's a lot of great content to get to and we're just delivering you more great content in in this list now well, i swear no. that this podcast will not be shorter because nick is tired this podcast is going to be shorter because we actually don't have 10 pictures to discuss between 81 and 90 we have uh about six or seven because there's a lot of repeats <laughs> but are you might Let's be spin that record baby let's do it <laughs> <laughs> you might be thinking to yourself, Alex, I feel gypped, right? Does that mean that there are pitchers who moved up that I'm not going to hear about? No, you dingus. I'd never do that to you. After this, we're going to do 91 through 100. And then before we get through 100 to 200, we're going to do a recap of all the movers and shakers in the top 100 to make sure that all the pitchers are accounted for. There's something about you saying movers and shakers that just it, it cracks me up. The movers and shakers, you know, like the shakers is what you, you sound like a parent at the seventh grade dance or something, you know, like yeah, a chaperone sure. like that. That's what it reminds me of every single time. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get a nice little review, go over yeah. the major changes. There have been some um, mm -hmm. that I, I, I think the one I, I let's just do one. Can I do one? No, 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 because we're going to have a whole. Well, I like the blurb. Okay, I like the blurb. 
that I wrote for that guy. Okay, you can say that what all. the blurb is. I mean, it's about me being in a robe by the fire <laughs> and like and like meditating as I figure out what I'm supposed to do with this player, and then I finally just stand up in solace and say, "Okay, I will rank them here." And who is it? I enjoyed it. Oh, I know. We're going to save it for the other one. Got to give a tease. Right? This it. is what you've told me. It. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. It actually works so well that even now I'm, I'm very curious. Um, like I said, you know, we're, we're Wait, going to read 80. all 45,000 words yet. Fast. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, we're going uh, through. Actually, to be honest, I don't I try not to. You know what I do? I don't read a blurb that you've written until after no. I've done my analysis on a picture. So what you're going to do it in like on March 23rd? <laughs> Excuse you. Uh, my top 100 is coming out this month. Thank you very much. Uh, no, but that's only one third of it. Oh, yeah. No, that. Yeah, I don't know about that. There's going to be a plenty of names that we miss over here. Um, all right. Like we said, we're getting 81 through 90. A few names that we've already covered. You need a tier list. Now, we oh, had right. we, theme. Yeah. we had a failed recording right before this. But in that failed recording, yes. Nick hit the words too much really hard so much so that he birthed the tear names into existence for this podcast and it's dave matthews band songs uh Is that's that the name of the tear matthews band too much yeah of course yeah. too much down 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 um oh, oh God, i can sing that well whole thing. I, I'll, I can't so i get two this this podcast yeah you only okay. have to come up with two dave matthews songs i mean and I, the first one's easy Okay, well... Oh, actually, I know both of them. This is great. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's like the two songs I know. This is wonderful. Perfect. Great. I bet one of them's <laughs> Crash. I bet one of them's Crash. Um, I don't know what so you're talking about. Is that a Dave we, Matthews song? We wrapped, we wrapped 80 last time, and I believe yesterday's 80 was... Who? Edward... No, yesterday's 80 was uh, Brian Bayo, right? Yes, and you got it right. I'm proud of you. Thank you. He He's moved up to 79. This is the second... So we're starting at 81. This is the third podcast where edward cabrera <laughs> is being mentioned we talked about him in the, yes the last week's podcast and if you want a breakdown of edward cabrera we actually did it two podcasts ago which was um 61 through 70 so we did get to edward cabrera we also have broken down alex cobb i believe uh who fell pretty considerably we did him a ways back but there is an alex cobb breakdown um earlier so that brings us then to number 83, who is the first pitcher that we're going to break down today, and that is Ross Stripling. Now, Ross Stripling, you can make an argument, was one of the most... What? Oh, sorry. What's the tier name? What's it called? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. And, and also, uh, oh, did I... I must have flipped it. I didn't change it in my other thing. Uh, it's so funny. I have a master cheat sheet, everyone, that is for myself of like how I rank them. But then last night, uh, I'm talking like... I did another one final push of, you know how I do the list live and I change things last minute? Yeah. I did that and I may have missed two, like one last swap. Did I do that? No, I didn't. Why are you skipping Alex Cobb? I just said we already talked about Alex Cobb. No, we didn't. We didn't? We, I, I could have sworn we had a podcast where we broke down Alex Cobb in San Francisco with the splitter and all that stuff and how unlucky he was. All right, he, he used to be a lot higher. <laughs> He, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> yeah, it, he used to be a lot higher. I, I am believe. so delirious right now. It's fine. Um, okay, so all right. Um, the so tier let name. Me, let, let, yeah, you think yeah. of the tier name. Real I quick. know it. I know it. Okay. Um, this is called. Um, you could say it's Crash. You could have done that one. That's fine. It's not. It's the space between. 
Um, because this is each one of these guys for the most part has a first start that you don't want them. And so that's the space between when you actually would get them on your team, which would be a week later. Okay, that's very good. Now you have me really panicking. I could have sworn we've done Cobb, and I'm like trying to search through our chats to see if that was the case. Well, Adam Howe does such a good job with uh, with doing the timestamps for all of our episodes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna verify. Someone's screaming at us, but like, please, can we continue? So we're just gonna continue. I know. Yeah, we're just gonna keep. Continuing. What are your so, quick thoughts on Ross Stripling? Well, one you know. Obviously, it's very exciting to see that Ross Stripling is in San Francisco. I mean, he had a career high 134 innings last year. But, you know, while you can make an argument that the most impressive thing was the was the 3.01 ERA, to me, it was the the nice uptick in, in swinging strike rate that we saw from him. Right. He shot up to uh, 11%, which was good to see. Um, so we know. And while the, the K rate didn't necessarily reflect that, um, it could theoretically mean that there are some more strides for him to make. Um, we just saw an uptick in that changeup usage as well. And that's where a lot of those swinging strikes came from. I mean, he, he was going to that pitch a career high 27% in Toronto last year, which I really liked. He kind of tinkered with a sinker again, bringing that four seam usage down again. Um, not the greatest when it comes to mitigating hard contact overall, but man, you love a guy who's going to be able to keep that walk rate below 4%, right? Just not allow a lot of guys on base. Now, you could say that that's an anomaly, but he's had low walk rates before. I mean, last year it was seven. The year before that, it was about eight, just in 49 innings in the shortened 2020 season. But he's always been about a 4 or 5% walk rate guy, which helps you keep the whip down too. To me, there's a lot of good upside there, but it's just you're not getting 150 innings at a Ross Stripling, which is always what's going to keep him suppressed on these lists. But considering where he's going, he's usually free. And I don't think he's necessarily going to kill you. Yeah. Um. So I've got some fun news for you. Uh-oh. What? We did Alex Cobb two podcasts ago. So I thought so. Know. Okay. I yeah, knew it wasn't I, crazy. I trust, I trust you. Seriously. Um, I've talked about all these guys so much in different aspects. I kind of forget. Sure. Of course. At times. And um, Ross Stripling change of usage went up. That was everything with him. PLV loves it. Uh, low location of 70%, which is fantastic. It's what you want to see. 50% O swing on Stripling's change up. Wonderful. Everything else is not good enough to me. Mm. Four seamer is a bad VAA pitch. Uh, 35% hard contact. Um, the slider and the curveball failed to hit a 10% swing strike rate. And, you know, that's that's about it. Um, like, I mean, his curveball, oddly enough, 50% called strike rate across 196 curves. 50%? 50. That's insane. It's like, well, it's 47 or 48, but yeah. It just still. What? What? Think of a CSW. That's half of a CSW, right? That, that's like part of the CSW is called strikes. Unreal. And that's not going to stick. I mean, it's because he was super early uh, in counts throwing and he just surprised guys with it. Um, I don't really think a 301 ERA 102 whip is going to stick around for Ross Stripling. He gets the White Sox first. It's a right-hander against them. They lost Jose Abreu. But it is a healthy Robert. It is a it is a healthy Jimenez and Tim Anderson and Ben Attendi. And I don't know. I I don't necessarily love that start. It's not one I think, oh, man, I got to go off and get that. That's Ooh. why Stripling is out of the previous tier. If you guys remember that last tier, it was about guys with those really good schedules I would want to get right away. Stripling to me, I think, is the fourth with Cabo, Manaya, and Webb 
all ahead, not in that order, um, with Alex Wood being the fifth. So I'm uh, it's 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 like, yeah, I get it. It's fine. Um, but I'm not really jumping over to get uh, raw stripping. Actually, we did a mock draft today. Uh, raw stripping wasn't drafted. Really? And um, I mean, the thing is, he's at 83 for me. I think people forget that. Let's say every team drafts seven starting pitchers, right? Uh, that's about 84 starting pitchers. Mm. And sometimes it's eight or so, and that gets extended off into 96 land or whatever. But it's really, you know, there are a lot of guys right around here that you think, oh, that guy should be drafted. But then you realize that someone else loves Hayden Wisniewski or they want to stash Mike Soroka or whatever it is. Um, there are just a lot of lot of guys to consider. They want to stash Aaron Ashby, who I have past 100, right? Uh, spoiler alert, but it's out. No more spoilers. It's it's it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's spoiled. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we Ross Stripling, not for me. He's not really someone that I feel is going to have this miraculous season again, considering it's just based on that changeup. Okay. Um, we'll move on then to number uh, eighty-four, who is currently slated to be the number four starter um, for the Padres this year. Uh, and that is Nick Martinez. So we mostly saw him in relief last year, right? 47 appearances overall with just 10 starts. Um, a lot of those starts coming earlier on and it was shaky, right? Um, you know, a really good first start against San Francisco, then had some tough sledding because he had to go Atlanta, then the Dodgers, and then in Cincinnati. And to be honest, it wasn't terrible. Atlanta was not great four and runs over five innings, but then just two earned runs uh, over four and two thirds against the Dodgers. Pretty lucky considering you gave up five walks um, and then an okay start in Cincinnati. But then as soon as uh, about June, end of June, July stuck around, he was mostly working in long relief uh, and flashing some some good stuff overall. Now he's going to go back to a starter, it would seem. Don't know what the innings are going to look like with Adrian Morehan and, you know, Brett Honeywell Jr. and the minors. So there could be some opportunity for him not to make a few starts. Um, what are you thinking about Nick Martinez and his kind of change up four seam uh, combination? What's important to recognize here is that because I'm saying that a lot of these guys are not getting drafted right now, this is purely upside driven. Yeah. Right. We're just saying like, okay, we see that there is something there that can click for them, which means above a 20% strikeout rate. And maybe there's some really nice ratios pitching for a winning team, all that fun stuff. Nick Martinez was a bit of a flop for me last year. I was really encouraged watching him. I like the shape of his pitches. I generally thought that he performed better. He didn't. He didn't really get much of an opportunity though. The Padres kind of gave up on him a bit mm. and I was really, really upset about it because I felt like he deserved a little bit uh, more respect for what he was doing. And at the end of the day, the sinker has a 40% O swing against right-handers. He has a fastball that works against right-handers. That's a first and foremost, wonderful to see that. Change up, 65% strike rate and 18% hard contact clip, right? That, that's, oof, that's really, really good. So the cutter can do more, I think, against left-handers. I think that is really the uh, biggest thing with the changeup can again be a great thing against lefties and cutters inside and if he just does that effectively cutters inside of lefties singers inside of righties and then lots of change-ups i actually do think there's something there for nick martinez to be better than a 20 percent k rate with good ratios do i believe it not really uh and i 
you know, I see this ranking of Nick Martinez. I probably won't have him inside the top 100 come uh, the middle of March or entering the start of the season because there's going to be other guys after this that are impressing me. Mm -hmm. And I say, oh, okay, those are the ones that jump up the list into the top 100 because there's your upside at the beginning of the year. And likely Nick Martinez doesn't really do the thing. But I don't know who those ones are yet. We don't know because spring hasn't happened. So, you know, for now, Nick Martinez is here. But keep that in mind. Like this, uh, there's a lot of stuff that people say about spring training, saying, "Oh, spring training stats don't matter." Blah blah blah. Then you would have missed out on Carlos Rodon. I'm, I'm just telling you, like innately, uh, there are elements about uh, players that you can grab from spring training and get hyped about them. And sure, it didn't work out with Matt Brash, and didn't really work out with Reed Detmers until July, mm-hmm. right? Even though we got hyped about them, but we were hyped about Chris Paddock. We were hyped about Carlos Rodon. We were hyped about many others that I'm forgetting about now because it's Alex been so Cobb. long. And it's Alex Cobb, sure. I mean, did that work last year? Yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. It was. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible. It really the the ratios weren't terrible. But I mean, yeah, it goes on a week back to and week. forth. We've been hyped you. about Mike Miner, for example, right? And that didn't mm-hmm. work. Um, the the velocity disappeared there. But there have also been times of uh, hey, they're just performing well and they're getting those opportunities and looking good, and that actually leads into stuff. So. I just want that to be a note of there's a lot to monitor in the spring from I want to see how Senga looks. I want to see how uh, Shintaro Fujinami looks and Drew mm-hmm. Sinski with the, with the athletics. I want to see who gets starting jobs all of a sudden. Yeah. And AJ Puck might be away. starting. Is he uh, really, though? That's what that's what the mining the news said. Oh, I should have added him in my top 300. What am I doing? There are so many. There are so many Oakland starters. Yeah, uh, believe it or not, still that I didn't I, like. I, I was like, "Hey, AG Puck." I looked at roster resource. He's like, "Not close to him." Like we've been saying, AG Puck's going to start for ages, and he has. It's yeah. kind of like the new Alex Reyes, almost, um, or Josh Hader of this. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Uh, so I, I just kind of ignored it. But there, there you go. See, I told you, top three hundred. You said last week in the era, uh, the last episode. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's somebody yeah. out of the top 300 is going to be top 40 pitcher there. No, it's AJ Puck, guys. Yeah, it confirmed. It confirmed. <laughs> uh, it is. It, it was kind of funny to me that for um, for Nick Martinez, I mean, obviously, as as you would expect, an, an uptick in below as he started making more relief appearances. And towards the end of the year, these weren't multi-inning relief appearances. Like he had a few in, in early July, but like really from the end of July all the way through August, it's like maybe one outing of two innings and everything else one inning. He still went kitchen sink. Like that man did yeah. not streamline his pitches. Like that that was kind of nuts to me. I mean, he was still throwing the four-seamer and the cutter and the changeup and the curveball and the sinker between 25 and 12%, which you really don't see from a guy who's coming out of the bullpen for one inning. That's very strange to me. Um, doesn't really mean anything, but I guess maybe it just meant that they were always considering having him go back to be a starter just in case something happened. Let's let's stick with this same team, though, as we move on to number 85. Very interesting, right? It's Seth Lugo, who has always has been very vocal when he was in New York about, I still think of myself as a starter. I still think of myself as a starter. I think I can do that. Um, and they didn't really give him a, a lot of opportunities to do that. And now he's going over to San Diego and he's going to be able to do that. One, does that make you concerned for the first couple, you know, 
months about what his inning total might look like or what his uh, amount of pitches thrown in the game might look like. Two, do you foresee that maybe he now goes more four-seam dominant or do you think he's going to stick with a curveball first approach and keep the four-seam and sinker as kind of secondary pitches? No, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, right, the slider's next, the slider's uh, <laughs> gonna yeah the slider's gonna show up more. Thirty uh, percent usage last year. I imagine he's going to use that as his safety valve a bit to get some strikes, as it didn't have a huge swing strike. Only twenty five percent no swing last year for Seth Lugo slider. Kind of like a cutter, honestly. Eighty nine miles per hour uh, with a ninety four mile per hour heater. Um, but the curveball's so good. It's always been so good. We've loved it. And a 159 batting average allowed last year, 15% hard contact despite uh, 34% usage. That's so good. I do wonder how good the four-seamer and the sinker can be. Uh, there was a time, believe it or not, 21% um, swing striker on the four-seamer in 2021 for Seth Lugo. Isn't that crazy? How, 200 over thrown. how many? 200 thrown, but then another 200 thrown. It was 16% in 2020. Uh, it's not like it was just pure luck that he had that or the pure small sample. Sure. And he doesn't, he never was above 50%, like hovering it, but never above 50% high lock on it either. Just so strange. And I wonder if that can be something that sticks around. Meanwhile, he's always been a high called strike guy on the sinker. So Seth Lugo has opportunities to get through games. Sinker can get you strikes. Maybe four seamers get you whiffs and the curveball is just kind of like, Hey, what's up? I'm the curveball. And you go, okay. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's the game plan. Um, I think I really painted the picture there with that interaction. Uh, so I, I I wonder if it's going to work or not. I think Nick Martinez at least has shown to me more about, hey, five, sure. six innings. All right. Give me the opportunity. I'll do it. Well, Seth Lugo is more of like, is this actually going to work? Okay, cool. No. All right. He's in relief. And Ad Adrian Morejon shows up and does cool things. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just there until Marejo and like kind of gets ready and gets some, I think gets some reps. So good, yeah. I really do. Hmm, interesting. Uh, man, Nick Martinez is kind of interesting. Anyway, um, listen, we've got at, we've got five more guys to get to, and we're gonna get to all of them right after this. What? Break. No way! No way! We're back, one to nothing, Alex, and we're talking about a guy that ooh, I baby. want you to win every time. You realize that, right? I know, I know, I know you do. I know you do. Uh, we're talking about Every a guy time. that I, I'm excited for. I've, you know, there have been so many flashes of like, oh, this could be really nice. And then injury just kind of threw him by the wayside. And now he's one of those people where you're like, oh, yeah, Spencer Turnbull. As Nick yawns huge while holding up his PLV shirt at the exact same time. It's a very nice shirt. You should check it out on our on our merchandise uh, site. But he he's very interesting, right? I mean, we haven't seen him in a while. You have to figure, considering he's only thrown 106 innings since 2020, with 56 in 2020 and 50 in 2021, that there's not a world where he throws more than like 130, 140. That would just be, especially with a team like Detroit, who probably isn't going to be competing and are going to be looking ahead more. Heck, maybe he doesn't even end the year on that team if he's pitching well, to be honest. But there were some really nice flashes for uh, for Spencer Turnbull. There were moments where it looked like he was really kind of, no pun intended, turnbulling a corner. Uh, no pun intended? To... No <laughs> pun intended and you in turn bowling a corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fast. All uh, right. That's good, right? Remember, remember when he threw a no-hitter against the Mariners and struck I out nine? It. 
I streamed that one and then I streamed the Detmers one. I have two years in a row that I've streamed in no winner. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So Turnbull, obviously, I mean, can you make an argument that of these guys, like Lugo, Martinez, maybe even Stripling, that he's got the most upside there? You, you could say that. Also, keep in mind, he's a free agent at the end of this year. Oh, so yeah. So I mean, he won't end the year in Detroit, probably, to be honest. Justin Verlander just threw 175 innings. What the heck? I, right? Yeah, you can I do know. it. You can do it, Turnbull. You're fine. It's the honeymoon period. He's okay. Yeah, maybe. It's been a little bit longer, I think, also with Turnbull than others as he got in, yep, in the has. middle of 2021. I don't know. I'm just going to throw that out there. It doesn't really matter at this point if you're getting 130 versus 160 innings. As long as they would be pitching regularly to start the season, awesome. If you if you draft a guy right now that gives you the first month of the season of production, that is found value because you're not supposed to get anything really from picks this late. You're just not mm. supposed to. So, cool. Let's just see how Spencer Turnbull looks in spring training. Uh, back in the day, he was throwing the sinker way too much, and it drove me insane. He had this really good four-seamer that missed bats, and the sinker just would get crushed. I don't understand it, but the slider, oh, when the slider was on, it was so good fast. Mm. It was so good. It was beautiful. Swing yeah. strike rate in 2020. Ah. Uh, at 37% CSW in 2021. Sometimes he had his curve working too, but that was very rare. Oh, man. And a 13% swing strike rate on the four-seamer. And it's, it's, it's just wild to me. Like, this is in 2021. He had a 13% swing strike rate, a 200 batting average allowed, X average of 198 on it, on this four-seamer. He threw it 38% of the time. But then he decided, Spencer Turnbull's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to throw the sinker 22% of the time. That is a 27% hard contact, a 3% swing strike rate, and a 22% CSW. I don't, I don't get it. And he didn't, it's not like he jammed guys inside with it. 23% O swing. Like, it's not, ah, just don't do it. The four-seamer is just so much better. Anyway, I hope that's what he's doing when he comes back. Four-seamer four slider, maybe finds a curveball or something. And if he throws a sinker, fine. Make sure you're jamming them inside, buddy. But for the most part, I just want to see Turnbull at 94 miles per hour i mean yeah. 93 94 is where he was at he never sat 94 really but it was pretty much 94 and if he's doing that in spring training all right let's go mm. um let's move on to another guy who's got a good promising four seamer as well as some secondaries that flash really really good and that's uh Mackenzie Gore coming in at number 87. So we were able to see, you know, a, a good amount of starts from from Gore last year. Um, and there were just moments, flashes of brilliance, right? There were these back-to-back -back starts in uh, versus Pittsburgh and then against Milwaukee where he ended up striking out tw about 20, 19 over um, 13 innings pitched. He had three walks in both of those starts, but he didn't give up either earned runs. At one of those starts, the curveball was just looking really good. He really amped up the usage to like 25%. One of them, the slider, was looking really good. Uh, and then things kind of fell apart uh, for various reasons. But now he's, you know, he was a part of the trade. He's out there in Washington now. He's slated to be their number five. You know, don't love that. Theoretically, he should be there three. I mean, Trevor Williams is there. Cade Cavalli is there. Honestly, it's like whoever is good is going to start there. I mean, Steven Strasburg theoretically could throw a ball again. Um, 
<laughs> maybe it's a six man. Maybe it's, I don't know. Maybe it's to his dog. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the park, thinking about his great career. <laughs> um, it's. I, I will say it's not like there's uh, a, a lot of talent happening in the minors. Um, you did bring up yesterday that Chad Cool is there. He's technically a non-roster invitee who is. He's going to make that rotation. Um, he has to. Yeah. I, I I don't want to forget about Thad Ward. He was a uh, Rule Five pick. He did uh-huh. really well in the AFL. He's inside of the the prospect here. I manually added him. I remember talking about him with the uh, the staff a little bit. Um, oh my gosh, fast the plates. What what do you got it going on plates. over there? It wasn't the plates. I was trying what to put my now? coffee down. Food game. Coffee Unbelievable. Down. It's back. I was trying to put my coffee down. <laughs> I like I'm so nervous to like make any move. Like I'm like slowly yeah. slowing things down. Yeah. Fast. Get it together. I'm saying important things about the nationals. It was funny All too. Right. I'm like sitting here thinking about the nationals and thinking about um jokes I can make about Thad Ward's name. <laughs> anyway, go on. Please enlighten us like the no, note no, no, being no. passed in class and go no, no, no. up in front <laughs> of, of all nothing. of us and tell there's us. Nothing. There's truly nothing. I mean, what a, it's a fantastic name. Yeah, it is. Thad Ward. Ugh. Anyway, I, I see I see Chad Cool getting that spot. Kekavali likely not in it. And Mackenzie Gore, it's just about health. Is he healthy or not? He ended the year with an elbow issue. Um, but man, when that fastball's up, you identified this, didn't you? With Mackenzie yeah. Gore, what do you? When, yeah, when when he's a little bit elevate the fastball, he's able to have a little bit more success. Sorry, again, just looking at the Nationals, and it's like, what happened? Like <laughs> looking at this, looking at this bullpen with Hunter Harvey and Alex Colomay and Erasmo Ramirez. Looking at this this lineup with with Dom Smith and Victor Robles and Joey Manessis and, and, and Heimer Candelario. It's like, man, if you showed this lineup to a Nats fan four years ago, they'd be like, what? Ha- I guess we won a world series. That's nice. Yeah, that's what happened. Know. A world series yeah. happened. And the contracts of Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, Ooh. Max Scherzer. That is what happened. Cause they're still Ugh. paying Max Scherzer. Michael Chavis is there in AAA. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's oh God. Carter Keboom is just waiting on that. Jeter yeah. Downs is there. Yeah. Remember how excited people were about Jeter Downs? Well, they were excited about his name. <laughs> That's true. And being the the Reds, the Yankee on killer. Downing Street. Anyway, I digress. Um, sorry, you're okay. talking about Mackenzie Gore's fastball. Mackenzie Gore, guys, if he's pitching in spring training and looking good, I'm so in. I know it's the Nationals. I know it's also. I don't think the most ideal. I first start. I I I swore to myself I was going to have it memorized every single teams. And nope, I still need to refer to my own article. It's against the Rays. Um, the four or five for the Nationals would be the Rays. So. I'm not too thrilled about that. The Rays can always, they always find a way to be pestering their mm. opponents. Um, but I, Mackenzie Gore, I think four seamers up that look really good. When it was coming up to the majors, it was supposed to be a trio of secondaries that were all excellent. And we saw at times one day the curveball was a major thing, then the slider was a major thing, then the changeup was a major thing. So I think there's still promise here. And yes, I still have Mackenzie Gore ranked higher than DL Hall, unfortunately. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about there, it's, I think, from 2019, where I was 
I said that Deal Hall will be a better major mm-hmm. leaguer than Mackenzie Gore as a joke because everyone was like, Mackenzie Gore is the greatest thing ever. And I saw one inning of DL Hall. Um, but uh, maybe we'll see. <laughs> Honestly, DL Hall might not be a better starter, but he might return more war as a reliever. There you go. Right. Um, but anyway, Mackenzie Gore is someone that should be on your list of, yes, I'll draft them to see how spring training goes and then move on from there. All right, so another guy you know, in the kind of vein of like, let's see what happens in spring training, and then also let's see if he kind of solidifies uh, uh, the spot uh, in the rotation, which he currently doesn't have, um, is Hayden Wisniewski, um, <laughs> who's coming in at number 88, uh, flashes some, a real, what What are you laughing at? His his player photo yes, on pitch exactly. list? Why is it so close and blurry? Uh, sometimes so- what happens, you got to understand with our player images, sometimes uh, we have two sources essentially for them and our player pages are made for one source. Um, and it's very rare that we need to use a second source. Um, but the second, yeah, we had to use a second source this time and it's not made for it. And sometimes it looks like that. <laughs> That is unbelievable. Go to our player pages. See everything that we've changed, including adding MLB percentiles to every single table for every stat, including league average as well. We have tool tips that you hover over and they explain every stat. So if you confuse what a stat is, it will define it for you. And check out the additions we made to the game log. As you mentioned before, usage changes by start are inside of it. Just click on any row and it will expand, showing you the strike zone plot, all the pitch details that you want. It's cool. Go check it out and you'll see Hayden Wisniewski's wonderful face. Yes, it's very large and hard to miss. Um, Hayden Wisniewski, like we said, really, really good slider. You know, made an appearance, made a few appearances in um, October, uh, September, October of last year. Started out, um, I think he had a, a, an opener in his first appearance, though he went five and struck out eight with no one runs uh, and two hits. Then got four consecutive starts to end the year. A lot of them were really, really good. He never gave up more than three earned runs in any appearance, which was good to see. He had one kind of stinker against San Francisco when he came in in relief. But that slider is really nice. I was curious to see when if he started you know, making starts as opposed to coming in relief, if he would stick with that kind of slider first approach. And there were some starts where the four-seamer kind of was a, a little bit more in use, but then he amped up the slider usage again going to it about 25 33 percent of the time it's a good weapon for him and the four seam isn't bad either i mean there's a lot of small sample sizes because we're talking about fewer than 50 innings but there is some promise there as of right now roster resource does not consider him a part of the rotation there are a, a good amount of names there and it's only going to get tighter when kyle Hendricks returns from the il but this is a guy that you might want to pay attention to, I imagine, if he can beat out Keegan Thompson for the number five spot. I think the Cubs should be making Wisniewski the number five starter. But yeah, I mean, there's so many names. Adrian Thompson's there. Keegan uh, Keegan Thompson's there. Adrian Sampson. I always get them confused. Javier Assad yeah. is there. Uh, I feel like I'm at a roast. I... <laughs> Kyle Hendricks is here. Um, <laughs> but Albert I... Alzale, too, yeah. by the way. Like, have they given up oh, on him? Is he to... definitely... Yeah, I think he's a reliever. I, I guess. I mean, he's listed as their second setup guy, so maybe he is, but I didn't know that they'd given up on him as a as a starter. Oh, man. Don't make me redo the top 300 again. Uh, I, I, I it's, it's like at this point, anytime you mention, oh, this other person's going to be so I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why I'm wasn't sure I told about this? I was trying to, you know, I actually almost re-added Keegan Aiken, but he made one start last year and I, yeah, I was like, no, he's relieving. 
There's no way. No way. I took off Mike Ballman by, by what you said, too. Uh, I didn't do that one. But anyway, I, I think what Wisniewski does is pretty dang good. 23rd in all starting pitchers in PLV last year. Wow. Uh, which is pretty impressive, a 509. Um, it's on a 0 to 10 scale, by the way. Uh, 509 is really good. It's it's you normally you see like I think like a four nine four point nine or something like that across uh, all of them. Um, but we'll see soon. Anyway, I <laughs> uh, slider is incredible. Um, 93rd percentile for called strike rate, 92nd percentile in CSW, uh, 98th percentile in hard contact at 9.8. And it's it's four seamer. Get this. X average is 100th percentile at 122. Ooh, from nice. Last. Very nice. Very nice. It's pretty good. 100th in your favorite fast Woba at 184. <laughs> I do, uh, I do love a good woman. I, 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 I love it. <laughs> so Wesneski to me, I think has the most promise. And I originally thought of him as just kind of that slider and slider alone. But the cutter, guess what? 19% swinging strike rate on it. Expoba of 216, 92nd percentile. Mm. So I think there's a lot to offer here. Um, with sinkers also, I believe, jamming right-handers. Uh, 42% O-swing on it last year. Like every single one of his pitches here has something that I'm intrigued with. Yeah. Oftentimes there's we see upside. a small sample of 33 innings. And I want to emphasize that it's 33 innings. Mm. And I say, oh, okay, there's one thing that's really good and the other stuff, whatever. And he got away with those. No, his sinker did the O-swing thing. His four seamers avoiding damage. His cutter is missing bats, and his slider is just an all-round phenomenal pitch. Mm. Wait, that works. Yeah. So I'm kind of amped. You know, Hayden Wesneski has an honor that I don't believe I've given any pitcher ever before. Hmm. It's when a pitcher that isn't a follower, that doesn't have a distinguished opener, is the SP roundup lead and didn't start the game. Are you talking about when he debuted? Exactly. It was, I believe, Wade Miley for three innings or so, and then sure. Wisniewski uh, followed it up uh, with with five innings to get the win. Um, so I guess it was four from Miley and five from Wisniewski. Five innings, eight strikeouts, one walk, no one runs, two hits. Yep. Only time I've ever done that in the SP Roundup history. And I had to do it. Pretty it cool. was like, uh pretty, pretty dang good. Mm. Um, I'm actually, this is fun. I'm looking at the PLV of that start alone. Just of that start, his curveball had a 61% quality pitch rate, which is so far above average. Yeah, very nice. Oh, boy. Nice. Average is like 45 or something. Um, it's it's just, it's wonderful. And yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of Wisniewski. I think it would be in your best interest to, uh, to grab him at least in the beginning and see how this plays out. I do want to warn you, I'm into Smiley, Tyone, and Stroman because of their opening start against the pirates i or not the pirates i'm sorry the um the brewers they have to go into cincy that is justin mm-hmm. steel justin steel and whoever gets the fifth spot not as good but honestly i if i see good things from hindus must ask is the fifth starter i think i'm gonna still do it so interesting adrian uh sampson posted or appeared yesterday in uh most success on four seam elevated uh Elevated four seamers by Woba, which I thought was kind of interesting. Like the fact Justin that he was Steele? able to. No, uh, uh, Adrian What's Sampson. Oh, Adrian Sampson. Sampson. oh, yeah. Adrian Sampson does that. No, he yeah, it doesn't surprise me. By the That's way, I, I, it's on the site. Curveball quality pitch percentage is 40% average. 
So 61%. Beautiful. Very nice. That's in the PLV section of the player page. Uh, You can check it out now. We've got two more pitchers to get to, but before we wrap things up, we're going to do one more quick break. I apologize. I don't like lying to you as the listener, but I kind of did. I said we have two more. We kind of actually just have one as Mike Soroka has dropped down to 89. And yes, we have covered Mike Soroka before. <laughs> I believe I called it the 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 the, the tier from hell. Uh, remember, because it was all of those yeah. starters oh, that I we remember. listed that were just like. But, but I get a new tier name, right? You do get a new tier name. We're back yeah. with the Dave Matthews. So uh, what is the name of this tier to bring us home? First and foremost, back with the date, Matthews is not a phrase I expected to ever hear <laughs> you say. Um, this is called ants marching because there are Tobies and they're just plodding through the season. <laughs> okay. And what are ants if not Tobies? Uh, <laughs> so I love that. Uh, let's look at number 90, who's Merrill Kelly. So Merrill Kelly won you leagues last year career bests in innings pitched career best in whip in era and fip in sierra um i mean 200 innings pitched for the 114 whip at a 337 era let's go first season with brett strom as his pitching coach and we saw a career high change up usage he returns his cutter back to the brief sample we saw in 2020 and in terms of that cutter just drastically shot up that fly ball rate on the pitch uh, it was 41%, <laughs> last year, 55% last year, elevated the cutter at a career high rate as well. Hitters just got under the pitch a lot too, which makes sense considering the results. The BABIP super low at 192, but I do wonder if that's a little bit more sustainable than we think with that elevated fly ball rate. Um, obviously wouldn't be as sustainable if it were a ground ball rate. Chase Field is great park for fly balls too, so I wouldn't mind if he continues to do that. Overall fly ball rate, career high 38%. You know, the XFIP and Sierra definitely highlight the fact that the 337 ERA isn't for real, but I don't think it's out of the question if he can have a high three, low four ERA next year. The thing is, though, wouldn't necessarily expect a significant jump in strikeouts from Kelly, but he could sustain that that 22% K rate. Um, in terms of contact, able to get below average hard contact, um, and I think he might be able to continue to sustain that moving forward too. I'm also the one thing that is a little frustrating about him. Last year was the league's lowest woba on hard hit fly balls, right? So hard hit fly balls not flying out of the yard as much because of the ball. If that changes, because every year we get a new ball, and if this ball is a little bit bouncier, maybe a few of those cutters do leave the yard a little bit more. It's bound to happen just because home run to fly ball rate is so inconsistent year over year anyway. But you could get a 170, 180 innings with a, a relatively low whip that hovers around 1.2, maybe a little bit lower. And as a result of him being able to accumulate innings, he can get you, if he goes 180, he can get you 160 strikeouts, which obviously isn't fantastic. But where he's going at the end of drafts, it's not terrible. So uh, a couple things really quickly. One, um, remember I said before that the average PLV was around 4.9. That was just off of like me watching or looking at all this PLV stuff and kind of getting a good sense of it. It is actually the MLP average is 4.9. On curveballs? Uh, uh, no, uh, overall. On overall. Uh, that would be a PLA if it were. Or no, no, no. Never mind. I'm sorry. I take that back. Yeah. Uh, and it's not on curveballs. Just overall for a pitcher, uh, 4.9. That's what I was saying, like 5.9 uh, for, uh, for Wisniewski. Um, 
But Merrill Kelly's is, yeah, it's league average um, at 4.89. And I'm going to ask you this question fast. Please. Do you want to start Merrill Kelly against the Dodgers? Do I want to start Merrill Kelly against the Dodgers at, at the beginning of the year? Probably not. Okay. What if I told you that his first start was against the Dodgers? Uh, and his second start was against the Dodgers. Oof, that's really <laughs> rough. At least I know we're getting them all out of the way. Right. But I mean, that's that's the thing, though. So we're talking about a guy that you don't need a draft. Right. He's he's not really going in 12 teamers. If he is, he's kind of going at the very end of it. And you would have if you drafted him. I don't want to start him against the Dodgers. I don't want to start him again against the Dodgers. You'd have to wait about two weeks, maybe longer to get your first start for Merrill Kelly. And it's for Merrill Kelly. It's not for like Aaron Ashby yeah. finally starting in the rotation for the Brewers. Yeah. So, wanna... <laughs> I, I mean, I have him here because he's like, I understand that he had the successful season last year. Honestly, it seemed like smoke and mirrors to me a bit. The four-seamer performed well. I'm glad that it did. I think it overperformed a bit. The changeup wasn't as phenomenal of an offering as we like to think it was. It was 50th percentile in CSW, 23%. His cutter, swing strike rates, uh, called strike rate CSW, all below 50% percentile. Strike rate below. I mean, the whole thing is just not an exceptional pitch. I, I just kind of struggle to find, oh, hey, Merrill Kelly is this kind of pitcher and we should trust this. What I think is that the defense for the Diamondbacks was so good last year. It was the number one team defense, if I remember correctly. It's one yeah. or two. I think it was one. And yeah, that allowed one. him to be a 337 ERA. That I mean, that that's what I see here uh, for Merrill Kelly. His hit luck last year was minus 21. And that means essentially, according to PLV, there were 21 hits that Merrill Kelly should have allowed that he did not allow last year. Mm, that's big. Um, that's how I like to frame BABIP. Yes, it was a 269 BABIP, but sometimes they deserve it, right? Lots of pop-ups or whatever. Merrill Kelly deserved to have 21 more hits allowed. So the beauty of PLV, everybody. Um, Merrill Kelly, to me, overperformed season, wonderful. Two terrible matchups at the beginning of the year. Nothing elite in his repertoire. I'm out. That makes sense. That's a good argument. I will say in favor of that argument... Of the 33 starts he had, he only had four starts where he allowed five or more earned runs, which is very impressive, right? That, that makes sense. He's got a low three ERA. Half of those were against the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, yeah. You want to know something terrible? I uh, I decided, you know what? How how old is Merrill Kelly? And it's something where I, like, I'm so used to seeing our date of birth and like at the age next to it. That I see, my first instinct, I see his number, his age, and I think to myself internally, oh man, he's old. And then I see the birth year, and then I realize it's the same as mine. <laughs> uh, I know. It's, it's, always a, it's always an adventure. It's always an adventure. <laughs> Don't worry, though. You We've are gotten still, there. We've gotten you there. You are fast. still older. You're older by a couple this, months. We, we started this podcast when we were all in our spry 20s. Mm. <laughs> Late twenties. Let's be honest. Late twenties. Spry. We were still spry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Spry. Ish. Spry. Ish. Don't worry. Yeah. We're both still older than Merrill Kelly, which blows my. Are, are we? We're older than Madison Bumgarner, right? No, Isn't don't that... do this to me. Do not just. Okay. Um. So that's that's Merrill Kelly. 
Yeah, he's we're gonna older go back. Than Madison Bumgarner. Don't do this. Don't do this. Um, Merrill Kelly used to have the name of the South Park College or school counselor, Mister MK, <laughs> because he's MK, right? Uh, and it's MK. That's Merrill Kelly in a nutshell. You can draft. You can get him in like three weeks or so. Like that's what's gonna happen. No, in your normal twelve-teamer leagues. No one's going to draft him. No one's going to want to start him for the Dodgers in two, for two starts. And then after that one, you say, all right, you know what? Maybe I'll go for this one. I think it's mm. against the Marlins after that. Yeah. So cool. That's, then you can jump back in. Ooh, love that. Right? Love uh, that. It might be. So I got I got to do the, the schedule math, which is always a fun thing. Now it's Brewers. Uh, and then he actually, I think he skips the Marlins and gets the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> we played every five. Oh, you never know. Game. You never know what's yeah. going to happen by, by then, too, with the schedule and stuff. Right. Um, I do know one thing, Nick. It's a record what? OTC. I don't oh, think we've ever like done an heaven. OTC uh, under fifty minutes. Are you kidding me? This is like baby. What's, baby. A, what's ahead for us? Fast. I mean, now it's February. What's ahead? Okay, so here's here's kind of what the schedule looks like. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna do ninety. One through one hundred. Uh, yeah. That'll be coming Have out after this. Any of those? Have we done? Any? No, actually, those are all original names, which is wow. amazing. Ninety-one through hundred. Then we're gonna have a full podcast all dedicated the to the movers and the shakers. All the hits, the people that didn't appear, the people that jumped. I just the see you go like jump. a shimmy as if you had, like have a towel around your hip by like the punch bowl. The Ooh, movers and the shakers. Okay. The movers and the shakers. <laughs> then after that, we're gonna do one hundred one through two hundred. After that, we're going to do 201 through 300. I'm telling you, we're going to do two separate podcasts. We're not doing one. Do you really, you though? Yes. You listen to me. You don't write 42,000 words to truncate half of those into you. 45. <laughs> you don't you don't truncate half of those into one podcast. It's two oh, podcasts. Fine. After that, we'll do my top 50 followed by 50 through 100. <laughs> and then we'll be, but we'll be there. That's, that's just such hilarity to me. I don't know. Of like... We, we do this meticulous one that's like, all right, Fast is done in two episodes. I'm like, I'm laying you off the hook almost, you know? I mean, uh, at that point, if we have time to do more, we can do more. I mean, um, we, we, we are going to dedicate an episode this year to uh, to my draft strategy. Uh, I put this out every year. I have the ultimate yeah. draft guide uh, for Fantasy Baseball 2023. We will dedicate an episode going step by step for your fantasy teams. I'll come out um, around like March 10th or so, something like March sure. 15th. Midway there. I'm going to go to First Pitch, Florida. I don't believe you are. I um, I, I am not, and I, I'm excited to say why, but I can't say why yet. Uh, yes, right. Oh, uh, you can't yet? Oh, man. No, I can't uh, yet. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm both thrilled and upset. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and are you going to Vegas? Uh, I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. So I'm going to both. Um, if you are going to Vegas for NFBC stuff, I will be there. And if you're going to First Pitch Florida, guess what? I'll be there too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. You can catch us there. Um, we'll make sure we have these podcasts out and everything else. And then there's the Nick and Alex baseball show. You know, that's a thing. We that's haven't thing. forgotten. We haven't forgotten, but we feel like it's more of an in-season thing than it is yeah. out of season. More of a sporadic thing in the off-season. Yeah. Um, and we're going to bring that back in March before the season starts. Exactly how we'll figure out. But uh, but that one will return. In the meantime, enjoy PLV. Enjoy the site. Mm. Enjoy all the new features. Enjoy reading everything. Uh, and uh, yeah, obviously we'll have another episode next week.
Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. That's going to do it for episode number 374 of On the Court of the Official Pitchalist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.